0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Tuesday of the 11th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And with your spirit. And And you, you, my brothers and sisters, to pray pray for for me to the the Lord our God.
0: May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy.
0: Christ, have mercy.
1: Christ, have mercy.
0: Lord, have mercy.
1: Lord, have mercy.
0: Let us pray. O God, strength of those who hope in you. Graciously hear our pleas. And since without you mortal frailty can do nothing, grant us always the help of your grace, that in following your commands, we may please you by our resolve and our deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, ever and ever. Amen.
2: A reading from the Book of Kings. After the death of Nabod, The word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishpite Up, go down and meet Ahab, king of Israel in Samaria. You will find him in Naboth's vineyard. He has gone down to take possession of it. You are to say this to him. The Lord says this, You have committed murder. Now you use as well. For this, and the Lord says this, In the place where dogs licked the blood of Naboth, The dogs will lick your blood too. Ahab said to Elijah, So you have found me out, O my enemy. Elijah answered, I have done what is displeasing to the Lord. I will now bring disaster down on you. I will sweep away your descendants, and wipe out every male belonging to the family of Ahab, fettered or free in Israel. I will treat your house as I have treated the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and of Baasha, son of Ahijah. For provoking my anger and leading Israel into sin, against Jezebel too the Lord spoke these words, The dogs will eat Jezebel in the field of Jezreel. Those of Ahab's family who die in the city, the dogs will eat, and those who die in the open country, the birds of the air will eat. And indeed, there never was anyone like Ahab for double-dealing and for doing what is displeasing to the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the most abominable way, adhering to idols, just as the Amorites used to do when the Lord had dispossessed for the sons of Israel. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his garments and put sackcloth next to his skin and fasted, He slept in the sackcloth. He walked with slow steps. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Chishbite. Have you seen how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Since he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the disaster in his days. I will bring the disaster down on his house in the days of his son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have
1: sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned.
2: Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offence. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin.
1: Be merciful, O Lord,
2: for we have sinned. My offences, truly I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone, have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done.
1: Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned.
2: From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my
1: tongue shall ring out your goodness. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Alleluia, alleluia.
2: I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you.
1: Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus said to his disciples, You have learned how it was said, You must love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say this to you, Love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. In this way you will be sons of your Father in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on bad men as well as good, and his reign to fall on honest and dishonest men alike. For if you love those who love you, what right have you to claim any credit? Even the tax collectors do as much, do they not? And if you save your greetings for your brothers, are you doing anything exceptional? Even the pagans do as much, do they not? You must therefore be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Sit with this one for a bit. If you love those who love you, what right have you to claim any credit? Even the tax collectors do as much, do they not? And if you save your greetings for your brothers, are you doing anything exceptional? Even the pagans do as much, do they not? that kind of stings doesn't it but it touches the very heart of what love truly is because I mean these days most commonly we would understand love in terms of an emotion love is a sentiment it's an experience you know when we come into the presence of the one we love it's that you know warm and fuzzy that we have But if that's what we understand love to be, then the words of Christ will really appear to be contradictions. If love's an emotion, then I can only love those who appeal to me, those who attract me. I'll only be able to love those who evoke a a warm, sentimental response within me. If this is what love truly is, then the command, love your enemies, that's just nonsense. How could my enemy make me feel love? And if they do, then I'm guessing they're probably not my enemy. Well, our Lord shows us that we're not slaves to our emotions. My sense of dislike for someone doesn't determine whether I can love him or her. My enemies are the ones I don't like, and yet I can respond to them with love and with kindness. To love is to will the good of the other to promote like the eternal welfare of the other one means by which we can always will the good for our enemies is through prayer i say this to you says jesus love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you when i pray for my enemies i'm invoking god's blessing upon them i return a curse with a blessing When I pray for my enemies, I ask God to grant them His grace so that they may be welcomed into eternal life. When I look upon my enemy as one who, like me, stands in desperate need of God's grace, then it's harder to look upon them as foes and easier to look upon them with compassion and mercy. Praying for our enemies is a concrete act of love for them. And it assists them. Like, it, it's it's fruitful for them, according to God's holy will. But our prayers for our enemies, they don't leave us unchanged. This love, it transforms us. St. Therese of Lisieux found it difficult at times to love her fellow sisters in the Carmelite convent. And she noted that, Often she'd prefer to take a long detour in order to avoid the ones she found hard to love. But she made the point that sometimes our dislike for someone would make it difficult to offer anything more than a simple gesture of love, a kind word, a simple act of service or a smile. Yet when these acts are done in love, they're able to overcome our own stubbornness. And so my prayer for my enemies doesn't leave me unchanged. It makes those who are unlovable a little easier to love. Now, I think it's easy to see that point when you consider people who are, you know, annoying or, or irritating or, you know, who get under your skin. But what about the people who've really hurt us? Or you know maybe even worse the, the the people who have really hurt the ones that we love do we do we really love them is like are they the ones that Jesus actually means love your enemies pray for those who persecute you yes i think you kind of have to say yes I mean, you know, Jesus certainly says nothing in the Sermon on the Mount that he doesn't practice himself. You arrive at Calvary, and there you see Jesus loving his enemies and praying for those who persecuted him. You know, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And I don't know. I haven't run this by any theologians, so, you know, take this for whatever it's worth. But I wonder, when Jesus forgives those who crucified him, is, is he just forgiving the fact that they've done terrible things to him? Because I reckon forefront in Jesus' mind would not only be the sufferings that these men had inflicted on his own body, but what about the sufferings that they had caused his mother? You know, sometimes that's even harder to bear, to see your loved ones in tears as a consequence of someone else's actions. And, and even in that moment, Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them. You know, don't just forgive them for what they've done to me. Forgive them for what they've done to my mother. The, the agony that they're putting her through, even that that Jesus prays for. To pray for our enemies, it's a bitter pill. But I think the bitterness of that pill brings about a sweetness in our souls. It stops us from becoming embittered. And it keeps us connected with God, who is love. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that it's easy. I, I think it's something that takes a deliberate choice and, you know, a constant daily resolve not to be beaten by the bitterness that hurt and pain can turn into. But that pill of Praying for those who persecute us and loving our enemies, it's a pill that brings new life. I'd like to finish with a little quote from Pope John Paul II. And like this was early in his pontificate. He went and visited Northern Ireland in 1979. And when he was in Galway, you know, during the Troubles, during you know, the height of, of Catholic Protestant sectarianism and violence, he, he said this. He said, You heard the words of Jesus, Love your enemies. The command of Jesus does not mean that we are bound by love for our native land. It does not mean that we can remain indifferent before injustice in its various temporal and historical aspects. These words of Jesus take away only hate. I beg you to reflect deeply. This command to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us is not Jesus laying upon our shoulders a heavy burden. Instead, it's him putting a powerful weapon in our hands, the only one that can truly defeat evil and hatred. Health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will